Hallelujah. Well, sometimes we just have to say hallelujah anyhow. Whatever comes my way, we're going to make it. you got to have a made-up mind, some determination. Numbers chapter 10, if you have your Bibles tonight, would like to turn with me. We're thankful for all of you that are with us tonight, to our guests that are with us. God bless you, and thank you for being here on this Sunday evening, worshiping with us. Numbers chapter 10, I'm going to read a couple of verses into your hearing. Numbers chapter 10 and verse number 29. Numbers 10 verse 29. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Ragel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are journeying unto the place which the Lord said. I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord hath spoken concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. I think Moses had father-in-law problems. I feel his pain. No, I'm just kidding. I'm blessed. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach to you for a little bit tonight on the subject, a call to go forward, a call to go forward. Now, not just because we do this before I preach, but would you take just a moment and pray that the Lord would help us tonight, that he would open our hearts, open our minds to receive what I feel he wants to speak to us. I do believe that I've heard from the Lord tonight. And I do believe that God has put a word in my spirit to speak to this congregation tonight. Now, I know cookies are waiting in the foyer and you're quite anxious. But for a little bit tonight, could we focus in on what the Lord wants to do? Not just tonight. This this message tonight is more than just a tonight kind of message. This message that I am going to speak is a message regarding our future and where we're going and what decisions that you and your family are going to make when it comes to where God is trying to take the church to. A call to go forward. I want you to pray with me now. Lord, I pray that you remove every distraction in the room tonight. God, that you bind every spirit, be it demonic or human, that would come against the word of the Lord coming forth tonight. Lord, I pray that clarity comes forth in the message that I preach. I pray, Lord, that where my simple vocabulary runs short, 
that your spirit and your power speaks what you want your church to hear tonight into the hear into the ears of every hearer in this room. I pray, Lord, that you do the work that you are setting in motion tonight from this moment forward. God, for I feel, Lord, that you are going to set some things in motion. Your little bosondo Baha'i. That you're going to set some things in motion for our future. I pray right now, God, that you're going to minister to hearts, Lord. That we're going to have a move of the Holy Ghost tonight. And that people and lives and families and homes and this church will be changed tonight by your power and your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. I am quite certain that over the last few weeks, perhaps the last few months, that God has been calling the church to a new place. It's a place that we haven't been before. It's... This call, I, I do believe, is it's an urgent call to go. It's an urgent call to go. We, we must recognize that God in his timetable always deals with man and gives us a window of opportunity. He gives us a space of time. Even his word speaks regarding salvation, that he would not, his spirit would not always strive with man. That he gives us a space to repent. God, God has always worked with a space of time, an allotment of time. And I do believe that the call that God has placed into my life over the last few weeks and the urge that God has been pressing upon me to speak to this congregation is an urgent call to go forward. Now, if we're not careful, uh, we will become a people or a church of cycles. How many of you know that is true? We, we will get in a cycle of, of moving forward and moving back. It is two steps forward and two steps back. And we, we move forward, but then we go back to where we were. We go through a revival, and things move forward, and then we end up going right back into where we were. God excels the church and moves the church forward with the intention of the church taking hold on some new territory. He is wanting the church to, to, pro, to progress or progress from where we are to new levels, to new heights, to new plateaus, to new places. And uh, that uh, there's not been nothing wrong with where this church has been. This church has been blessed. We've been blessed with great leadership. We have been blessed over the years uh, of good, faithful people. We have been blessed uh, to, to be part of a church that for many, many years, 51 plus years, I believe it is, that this church has been uh, without great scandal. And God has moved the church forward. Don't get caught up in where we have been. 
thank God for where he has brought us and what he has brought us through and for the paths that he has brought us on. But God is calling the church to go forward. And forward motion always comes with a cost. The the call of God and the challenge of God upon this church is not just, it is a corporate call, but it includes individual callings. That God is, is calling us individually because the church cannot go forward unless we as individuals go forward. For the church is a body made up of many members. And so in order for the church to go forward, that means people must go forward. That means in order for the church to grow spiritually, that means individual lives are growing independently spirit more spiritual. And God is growing the church through his people. And so God is calling the church to corporate change. He is calling us to growth. He is He is calling us to a new place. As a leader, I feel that over the last few weeks and months that God has been calling me to reevaluate uh, our level of preparedness. He is. He has been challenging me. I, I think if you look back over some of the messages that I preach, you will see that God has been calling us to reevaluate our level of preparedness because I believe that what God has in store for our future uh, may be greater than what we are prepared for. Uh, we our, our expectation may be way too small. Uh, our, our faith may be way too low. I, I feel, I know I'm not screaming and jumping over pews tonight, but I, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. I believe that where God is calling the church to is a place that maybe most of us have never been before. It is a higher height and a deeper depth. It is, it is a more spiritual level of consistency and faithfulness and preparedness for the revival that God is calling the church to. It's a call to go to a deeper level of commitment and to a higher level of leadership. God is he's developing people among us. He is raising up people from among us. I, I could not be any more proud than I am of this incredible group of students, young people and young adults alike that God has blessed this church with. I, I didn't say they're perfect. I didn't say that they're, they're without imperfection. But I couldn't be any more proud of what God is doing in their lives. I couldn't, I couldn't be any more proud of some of the young men and women in this church and some of the great works of ministry that I see God developing in their lives. I see their future very, very bright. In the process, I see the kingdom of God being very, very blessed as they are incorporating what they have to offer and give into the kingdom of God. And it's going to bring about a great blessing to the church in the process. I I look around me and realize how blessed we are to have such an incredible group of young adults and young families, young married couples. I started looking uh, through our membership list the other day and was astounded at the unbelievable number of young uh, married couples that I 
would qualify young as in younger than me. I told someone the other day, uh, I was standing there, and I, I hope my wife didn't hear me uh, because she probably would have punched me when I said it, but I, I said to somebody the other day uh, when I was telling them about our church, I, I said, I said we, we're the old people now. It's God is developing the church. Now, I say that for a little humor tonight, but God literally is bringing together a group of young, young men and women that are strong, that are fearless, that are powerful, that understand the dynamic of prayer. And they understand the dynamic of spiritual authority and they keep those things in line. I believe that God is raising up some young voices among us that are going to do great exploits in the kingdom of God. And this church will be blessed by what they are going to bring to the table and to the forefront. God truly is calling the church to go forward. And I thank God for, I thank God for our elders. I thank God for every man, woman in this room that has given their life. I look tonight around the room and see very few of our charter members that may be left and still worshiping with us. I thank God for the incredible footprints that you have made in this region of North Central Indiana. I thank God for every prayer that you have prayed. I thank God for your faithfulness and your dedication to the work of God and your faithfulness to the word of God, for you giving heed to, to, to sound doctrine and for your faithfulness over the, I thank God for we would not be where we are without that kind of faithfulness. I thank God for every person that has joined us over the years, whether you be young or old, and have incorporated yourself into the body of Christ here locally in this local assembly. I thank God for you. I thank God that you have established yourself in the church. It's not easy. We were talking in my office today about the fact of how it is difficult sometimes to be uprooted and to be regrounded and to remain faithful and steadfast and unmovable, involved in the work of the Lord. There is a process, but God, through it all, is, is calling all of us as a corporate body to grow and to go forward by faith. This call that I believe God has placed upon the church, it is a call that will be costly. This call that God has placed upon the church will cost us personally. It will cost us time. It will cost us our fleshly desires. It will cost uh, us great, great things in different areas and facets of our life, but it will also pay great dividends that are out of this world. The cost to, for revival has always been in place since the book of Acts. Men and women 
have always given of their time, their talents, and their treasure. They have always had to be willing to pay the cost for great revival. I believe God is calling us to this point. Don't anybody get nervous tonight. There will be no special offering taken. But I'm speaking tonight of the cost that God will expect each of us to pay. That's why any journey comes with a cost. There is a cost involved. This this call that I'm speaking about tonight is a call that lacks total clarity at this point. I can't come tonight and tell you that God has given specific directions, but he has given uh, a new directions. He has began to place some new uh, things in order. He, he has confirmed it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. God is beginning to develop a, a new pattern. Don't anybody get nervous for the doctrine that we have stood upon will not be anything new, for we will stand on the apostles' doctrine without fear or favor. I speak only administratively and I speak only corporately as leadership and development comes into the church. I believe that years of wilderness wandering could cause any of us to question the destination but this much that I know any people who ever fail to move forward and cooperate themselves with others have always been uh, been prone to, 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 to falling into the trap of, of, of self-destruction and they have always fallen into the trap of, of, of um, a discommunication because of their lack of cohesion. While, while the path may not be completely clear, the destination, ladies and gentlemen, is very, very certain. I, I want somebody to understand tonight that God is calling the church to a place. God never calls us away from something unless he calls us to something. God will not call you away from anything that he is not calling you into something new and something better. I don't believe God's plan ever takes the kingdom of God down, but it always takes his people up. I believe that God's will is always for the church to go forward. He never calls the church backwards. He only says, stir up our pure mind by way of remembrance. He calls us back to strong places of past faith, but God always propels the church forward. If we look at the plan in the tabernacle, you see that the blood sacrifices always constantly had to be moving. It was always a work of progress. It was always a work of moving forward. I believe God is calling this church to a new place and it is a place that is forward of where we have ever been. My my willingness as a leader has been challenged over the last little while and I feel most definitely that it has been challenged by God himself. I I have been challenged to grow personally and I have been challenged to climb the mountain of sacrifice and change in order to see the land that God is taking us to. I know this message I'm preaching tonight may not come across as clear as what I even see it, but I'm trying with my own ability. But I do know that God has taken me up a mountain and I do know that God has challenged me to look out over the mountain and to see the land where he is wanting to take the church to. I call you tonight to get on board with what God is wanting to do in our future.
My question for you tonight is, are you willing to go? Are you willing to go with us on the journey? The problem that exists is the lack of faith that seems to always come when people are called to take a journey that may lack complete clarity. It is the lack of faith. It is the lack of confidence in the plan. And it is the lack of trust in God and leadership that seems to always come into place. I'm not calling and asking you to follow me blindly tonight into anything. I'm not calling tonight and asking you to do anything any different than you have done with the exception that I'm calling you to a deeper level of prayer and faithfulness than what we have walked in before. And I'm calling you to search your heart very deeply about what it is that God is speaking into your spirit and what it is that God is really calling you to do. The problem that exists is the lack of faith, confidence, and trust. I've already been warned in the spirit that that some perhaps will reply to my challenge tonight. Pastor, I will go. I will go on the journey, but I'll only go on the journey if everybody else goes. The problem with that is that there are always those who will resist the voice of to go forward. I've been already warned of the spirit that others will say, I will go, but but I need more information and more clarity on what you are preaching about before I take any blind step of faith to change. Don't get nervous tonight, for I am not calling you to any great change in identification of who we are for I still believe in the doctrine and I still believe in separation from the world as strongly as I ever have. My challenge to you tonight and my call to go forward tonight is a call for preparedness for revival and growth that God has in our future. Would you just lift a hand right now and pray that the Lord would strengthen my voice to get through this message tonight. It is not your fault, Brother Corey. The sound system is wonderful. It is just this system that I am dealing with, this sickness I'm dealing with. Lord, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that you would strengthen my voice right now in the name of the Lord. The enemy would like to destroy what I am attempting to preach tonight by the authority of the Word of God. I come against this right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for a strengthening of your servant's voice right now. I humbly bow myself before you, God, and ask you, O Lord, for strength right now to deliver the word that you have given me in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. I am perfectly fine, Brother Corey. And some will say that we are fine like we are And I am simply unsure if I'm willing to sacrifice in order to go forward. This issue is when God says that we have surrounded this mountain long enough and it's time for us to go to the next level. The church must respond and must prepare itself to go to the next level. I don't want to leave anyone behind. But I must tell you tonight 
that the church is being called to go forward. Let me help some of you right now because you're wondering exactly what I'm preaching about tonight and I, I, I may be making a blunder of trying to deliver what I feel in my spirit. I have so much burning in me tonight but can I tell you, I thank God for the building that we are building. I thank God for it and, and it's been said many, many times that building is much too small. It has nothing to do with a building. They say you can a church can only grow to 80% of its capacity. And I think we have proven that that may not exactly be true. For God has allowed us to be able to grow. This is not about a building. I thank God for the building. We're growing into a new building. We're going forward into a new building. But tonight what I'm speaking to you of is preparedness for the revival and the wave of revival that I believe God is wanting to send to the church in this last day. I don't think we are even ready for what God is wanting to do in our midst. Growth and revival often happen so slowly that sometimes we hardly even recognize that it happens. It's this week one's being added and next week two's being added. And next week there's three or four baptized in a revival. Several receive the Holy Ghost and then we drop back. But what we fail to realize is when this is a perpetual move forward that before long all of a sudden we're at a place that we have to reevaluate everything that we are doing administratively and ministerially and we have to, we have to accept the challenges that there are more people than two or three. Go with me just for a few minutes. Those mathematicians that may be in the room sitting in this room tonight is probably somewhere around a couple hundred people that is, feel, that is filling this room. If this week there, are, there were 90% of you, or let's just say 50% of you that are in the room, so say 100 of you to, that are in the room tonight felt the need to call your pastor and need to talk with him for 15 minutes on the phone. I want somebody just very quickly to do the math that if 100 people attempted to call the pastor this week and speak to him for 15 minutes on the phone, there would not be much time in my week to sleep. Much less to build a church or to spend family time or to study to preach on Sunday. Now, I'm just, I'm just throwing some scenarios out. So we have to reconsider. Let's say that this past year we have faced some challenges that we've never faced before. We have faced challenges with multiple deaths in the church at one time or another in one particular funeral that required Brother Danny to be on schedule for one funeral while I was across town on schedule doing another funeral that were both happening at the same particular time. We didn't have that problem when we were a church of 80, but now we have have grown to another dimension and now we are having to establish some new ways of handling some of these things. It used to be that if somebody was in the hospital, I could always go and visit. But now when we have six or eight people in the hospital at any one given time, it seems like it's a little more difficult for me personally to be able to go. The church has to understand that with the process of growth doesn't mean you will not be ministered to. It just means that, that your pastor is going to have to establish 
establish some people that are able to take care of some of those things for us. I appreciate my father-in-law and Brother Jerry Blackburn too that uh, of course our, our own staff ministers, Brother brother Danny Lytle and, and Brother Brandon Newcomer that both have stepped up and filled in and done hospital visits for us. But but we have to understand that's no lack of, of ministry. That is an extension of where the church is going. I, I hope I'm helping you to understand what I am attempting to preach about tonight when I'm telling you that God is calling the church forward. And this change that God calls us to requires a sacrifice and it's costly. It cost us some personal things. It cost us some personal time. But uh, I, I believe that I do have some direction for the church tonight. But I may not have complete clarity in all things. But I do know that God is calling the church to grow. Our administrative team have been feverishly working to build an administrative foundation that were, that is larger than we are. I look back over some notes from 2009 in December from a meeting that I held and in that in the, at that time I spoke to the congregation uh, and to those who were in leadership and I said to them, we are a church that is that is approaching the 200 membership mark. In 2009. And God is blessing the church and we must prepare to move forward. And so we began to work and to orchestrate and to build a foundation for a church that could, that could handle a membership that would grow to 300. God has blessed this church tremendously and we have seen amazing growth. Over the last five or six years, we have seen a membership growth of over 100 people. Thanks be to God for all that he is doing in the church. But my point is, is that the greatest revival that I see on the horizon is still yet to come. What I'm trying to get across to us tonight is as God is preparing harvesters, we're going to be able to have a greater harvest in these last days than what we have ever seen because there's more labors in the field and more workers to go out and reach and more prayer warriors to pray and more altar workers to pray people through and more ministries to be able to establish. God is developing the church for an end time revival in these last days. I want to be very clear. I believe that God has spoken to me regarding the future. And I believe that some people, and people have said, when we get in the new building, we're going to see growth. And I agree. But it has very little or nothing to do with the building. I believe that there is a great revival on the horizon greater than anything we could possibly imagine. And over the last few weeks and months, God has been dealing with me. And I know not everybody's going to be on board with what I am about to say, but I see a revival that is not a revival of white folks or black folks or Hispanic folks. But I see a revival of Jesus folks. 
I see Jesus' name, apostolics, being born again with a brand new name, with a, with a brand new name that is placed upon them. I see us moving forward in a way that we never have before. Get ready and make some room. I'm about to run around this church right now because I see revival on the horizon, and it's a revival we've never experienced before. Although we have a membership that is bumping the number of 300, thank God. We're developing an administrative plan that is going to handle a church that is much larger. And it's costly to all of us. We're giving up things and handing off things and reevaluating ourselves. It costs time to make these kind of plans. There's risks involved. Because even in the church, there's always a person or two that can't be trusted. And I pray for godly wisdom and understanding and discernment to fall on every person in this congregation. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I stop preaching to pray this prayer. God, that you would let the spirit of discernment, wisdom, and understanding fall upon this congregation from the front of this room to the back, from the youngest to the eldest, God, that they would be able to see clearly what you are wanting to do and who you are wanting to position in this this church and in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. So our church must be prepared for growth because we are growing and we are growing now. Let me help you. This is unplanned. Nobody received phone calls. I don't know who's here and I know a lot of people are out sick. But if you have joined this church over the last, let's say over the last year. Let's, let's, I just want you to stand. Would you do that? If you've become part of this church over the last year, would you, would you stand? How about those that have been here, let's say, uh, I, I said 2009, that have been here for the last six or seven years. If, if you have joined this church over the last six or seven years, I'd like for you to join these that are already standing. I thank God for every one of you. But we've got to do something. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm not going to ask you to give an offering. Already promised that. Here's my point. Did you just see how many people were standing? In proportion. What in the world are we going to do? Physically? ministerially and administratively to handle a revival that is greater than that. That is sitting, waiting and ready for us to go and get them and bring them in. 
This is a message of preparedness. It is a message to evaluate who we are, how we got here, and how we're going to get to the forward position that God is calling us to. We are going to a place. That place will include sound doctrine. It will include separation from the world. It will not, we will not give up anything. We will only grow deeper. If we do anything, we will go deeper in the word. If we do anything, we will be more steadfast in doctrine. If we do any more anything, we will go more separation from the world. If we do anything, we will call for more prayer, more fasting. We're going to a place that God is calling us to. We must be prepared for growth because we are growing now. In our text, there was an invitation to go. Come with us, the call was. But Hobab would not go because he wanted to go back to his own land. Everybody say familiarity. Hobab was from Midian. Midian, the word Midian means strife. He wanted to go back to his old life. He wanted to remain in familiar territories. He wanted to go back to a place that he owned. See, like us, we own our region of familiarity. We own this. I don't have to share this. I'm familiar with it. I know what my future looks like if I stay here. He wanted to go back to a place that he owned. He made a choice to go back. Israel wanted to go back to the leeks and garlic. I wish I had the voice to preach this the way I feel it tonight. I pray that the Holy Ghost does what I can't do tonight. Although they were in bondage in Egypt and God delivered them out, they wanted to go back because they longed for their place of familiarity. I don't know about you tonight, but the song I have decided to follow Jesus rings in my mind. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I'm not going back to anything. I'm going forward to where God's calling me to. I'm not going back to familiar places. Those familiar places served me well for a while, but I'm at a place now that God is saying, you've been familiar with this place too long. You've been familiar with this prayer life too long. You've been familiar with this commitment too long. I'm calling you to a deeper prayer life. I'm calling you to more commitment. I'm calling you to more preparedness. The call to go back. Second thing is Hobab wanted to go back to his own land, familiar land, familiarity, and he wanted to go back to his own people. 
He wanted to be surrounded by people who would make him feel comfortable just like he was. Because Hobab's challenge to go with the people of God would have required him to be around some new people. God help us when we become so uncomfortable being around people and we desire familiarity. Maybe I need to tell you when you get to heaven, they may not all look like you. They may not speak your language. They may not dress the way you think they ought to. When you get to heaven, you may discover... You may discover some people with a different color skin, with a different language, with different customs. You may discover some things that don't look like you, that may not feel like you. We're good with our own people, but God help us look at somebody and see them the way they are and see them through the blood and say, I see the change that God can bring into their life. They may not be like me, but I'm going to reach them and pray that God would change them through the blood. We don't have any people to go back to because I'm going to tell you, I feel a prophetic word on me tonight. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Those people that don't want to go with the change in the church will devour you because they're cannibals. In the end, they will end up devouring you in the process. You better be careful who you align yourself with. Association is very, very important. I'm going to talk more about it a week from Wednesday because it was in my Bible study for Wednesday and I didn't get to it because I preached too long. I have those habits. Somebody says, show me your friends, I will show you your future. Well, I'm not going to be like them. I, you know, I just I enjoy kind of hanging out with them. Yep, let me tell you what they're doing. They are rubbing off on you and their spirit is on you and their attitude is on you and before long their motives will be on you. You better be careful who you are aligning yourself with. I'm in familiar territory. Sure you are. But God's calling you tonight and he's calling every one of us to sacrifice, to go forward. Somebody shout, I'm not going back. First Peter 2 and 8, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Somebody shout, I'm not going back. He's calling us to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. I'm not going back to the beggarly elements of the world. I'm not going back to the lure of Hollywood. I'm not going back to wrong relationships. I'm not going back to addictions. I'm not going back to depression. I'm not going back to backbiting. I'm not going back to a life of sin. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not going back there. I'm going forward to where God is calling me. I will be who God is calling me to be. I will take the challenge. Challenge of change. 
Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. The challenge for Hobab was that nobody could make the decision for him. He had to make the decision himself. And Hobab chose not to go. I will not go. It led to his demise. And it always will. I want to point something out to you. It's your decision. But every decision that you make is affecting somebody. What you do not know is what you are doing and the effect of your routine and how powerful that your routine may be affecting somebody else. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong, Pastor. My wife is preparing to come and share, share a story with you that she shared with me this week that absolutely brought me to a point of repentance. My question for you is what kind of routine have you involved yourself in that may be challenging where God is taking, taking, taking you to? Come and share this story with me. On Wednesday night, I was sitting in the office working on our children's ministry program. And the door kind of pushed open, and Sister Charlene had walked in, and she said, I need to tell you something, and you're going to want to hear this. She began to tell me about um, a lady that, as a child, as a, a young person in school, that she was close friends with. And she said, you know, we weren't the popular ones. We were just average, but we were really good friends. But as they got out of school, they had kind of lost touch. Well, Facebook being the wonderful connect that it is, they were able to reconnect on Facebook. And I guess I'm assuming at the start of this week, Sister Charlene happened to get on and see that this lady had made a post. And she said, tonight, I was touched by the Holy Spirit. She had gone to a church and when it came time for the altar service, she said, I didn't expect anything to happen because I have sin in my life. But I went up the fr to the front with everybody else, not expecting anything to happen. She said, but the Holy Ghost came on her. And she began to shake. And she began to feel the presence of God as she fell to the ground under the power of the Holy Ghost. Sister Charlene said, I jumped on that right away and, and sent a reply and said, I am so excited to hear that. I, I just, I think that that is an incredible thing. And the lady reiterated again, I just, I didn't expect that to happen. She said, I just, I thought because of the things that I had in my life that the Lord would not touch me in that manner. And she said, you know, she said, I have always wondered what would have happened had somebody invited me to church as a child. She said, I, when I was a kid, when I was in grade school, she said, there was this little Pentecostal church that was just a few houses away from where I lived. 
And she said when they would gather and begin service, she and her friend would go and they would sit on the steps and they would listen to the music. And she said, I wasn't really sure exactly what it was that I was feeling. She said, but I knew that it sounded like a happy place. I could hear them singing and I could hear their shouts of joy. And she said, I just have always wondered how different my life would have been had somebody invited me to come in. She said that church, that little Pentecostal church, said on the corner of Paris and Gentry Street, that was us. And nobody ever invited her to come in. And Sister Charlene said, that was our church, and that makes me so sad. And I apologize to you for nobody ever inviting you to come in, but I want you to know that you are welcome at our church. What kind of difference would we make in somebody's life? I can't even drive to this church and pass the houses and see the people sitting on the porch every time that I come through that I always lift a hand and I wave to. How many of them are looking at me when I pull in that driveway saying, I wonder what a difference my life would be if she would just invite me to come in? I wonder how many people within an earshot of the thump of our bass drum are waiting for some of us to get over and joy and great music and wonderful evangelists and good fellowship and come to where they are and tell them they're welcome to come here. But it'll cost us. We have to get out of our personality. We have to give up time. It's hard for some of us. But God is calling the church to go forward. I wonder how different my life would have been if somebody would have invited me to come in. I wonder how many waitresses and waiters hairstylists and cashiers and co-workers and family members are sitting at home tonight. How different their life would be if somebody would invite them to come in. I feel that God is calling the church to go forward to a place that we have never been before. He is calling us to go to a place where nothing else could possibly stop us. We have been to new places in prayer. But we've got to go deeper. 
We have gone to new places of commitment. But we've got to go farther. We've gone to new places of sacrifice. But it's time to move to the next mountain. We've gone to a new place of worship. But it's time we go to the next level. We've gone to new horizons in faith. But God is calling us to go to the next level. My question tonight is who among us is willing to rise from where you are tonight and declare boldly, I am going where God is calling us to go. We have been involved in evangelism, but God is calling us to a deeper place of evangelism. I know it's November 2016, but 2017 is knocking on our door. This message is a prerequisite for everybody that is going to be part of this church this next year. We are going to a new place. We got to make room. We got to get ready because God is calling us. Where are we going, Pastor? We're going to the place the Lord is calling us to. All I know is He's given us direction to go forward. Who's going to go with us? It requires a huge element of faith, but we've got to go. Somebody lift your hands where you are and call on the name of the Lord right now. Come on, lift up your voice and call on the name of Jesus. God is calling us God is calling us tonight to go forward. He's calling us. We can't go back. We can't go back to our own to our own familiarity. We can't go back to our old people. We've got to go forward by faith. God is calling the church tonight. He is calling the church tonight. I feel in the spirit tonight that God is ministering and speaking to hearts and lives in this room right now. This may not be a call to some of you. Maybe you've missed the whole point of this message tonight. But I believe that God is calling us to a new point of faith. He's calling us to a new point. He's calling us to a new place of trust that we have never walked before. We're not blind to the, to, to, the, to, to, to the call that is around us. We understand and we know that God is calling us and we've got to respond to the call of God in our lives. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody in the house are reaching out to the Lord right now. If God is calling you tonight, you ought to rise from where you are. You ought to come forward tonight right now without further ado. You ought to respond to what God is calling to you to do right now. Why don't you reach out to him? Why don't you reach out to him? Reach out to him. Yes, Lord. I'll say yes to your will and your way. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, just tell him I will go. 
who's going to be the one that invites the little girl on the doorstep who's going to be the one that invites the gas station attendant who's going to be the one who's going to be the next Bible study teacher who's going to be the one Who's going to be the one? Don't reject what he's speaking into your spirit. Come on, just say to him, I will go. Lord, I will go. Oh, yes. Remove the distractions. what a difference you can make in somebody's life if you go forward Commit to him tonight. Commit to him tonight. That's it. I will go. I will go. I will go. Giving you Be remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say Say I will. 